Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. Sunday morning. So, LJ Renee, let's talk about the vision that you were sharing with me the other day that the Lord had given to you. Well, the vision was that I saw a, a few men taking a, some tables into a room. It looks like that it was, I don't know how big this room was, but I know it was being prepared for a lot, something like a banquet or like a communion service or something of that nature. And as I began to uh, meditate upon that, I began to start thinking about the communion as it's spoken of in in. 1 Corinthians 11. And as I began to start reading the particular verse, you know, we read it all the time when we go through communion. And many times we just gloss over the whole scripture. Uh, Even when they say repeat after me, I mean, we're not really absorbing what it means. And so I thought about communion. And then as I began to start reading the scriptures, I came to the part where it says, let of every man examine themselves. Mm. And when I saw that, I began to really concentrate on that. And when I read this article, it was an article that this man had written, and he was talking about the communion table. And he talked about how Jesus was sitting there with his disciples, and suddenly the Lord says, one of you will portray me. And when he said that, the disciples began to, to really think about, you know, uh, is, is it me? Is it me? Is it you know, me? is it or me? Is it you? Or is it you? And so that's part of examining yourselves because really, I believe when they were sitting there, you know, you can let your imagination go. And w- when they were sitting there and when he said that, it was like, well, okay, what did I do? What did I say? What, what did he tell me to do that I did not do? And is he chastising me? Or And, you know, your mind gets to, to going and you begin to examine yourself. Well, I believe that that's what this scripture really means before we participate take of the Lord's Supper is that we should begin to examine ourselves and and see if the Bible says examine yourself to see if you are in the faith or examine your heart. And I believe that that's what we should do. And sometimes in communion, we gloss right over that instead of giving time and space for someone to uh, to meditate. Is there someone that I offended that's in this congregation with me? Or is there some, do I have unforgiveness in our, my heart? Or did I say something that that I shouldn't have said, but we should examine ourselves. And it goes on to say that because we don't do these things, that there are certain things that can befall us. Like one, 
That's the reason why some of us are are sick among us and some have fallen asleep. It really makes you stand up at attention and begin to think, okay, God, I need to take this more seriously. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do because communion is a sacred ordinance of the church. It's left for us to be able to put to remembrance the body of the Lord and the blood of Jesus Christ and to know the significance of what that means. To and, us. you know, I think examining ourselves is a is a constant theme that Jesus promoted throughout the scripture, because if you remember when the disciples were all with Jesus and he was giving them some information about, you know, he was about to leave them or he was foretelling of when he would be leaving them. I believe it was Peter that asked Jesus, he says, you know, he's telling them what what's going they need to do and everything. And Peter said, well, well, what about him? And he's talking about John, Mm -hmm. the disciple, you know, that lay upon the breast of Jesus. And Peter wants to know, well, what's he going to do? What about him? And I remember Jesus saying, you know, why don't you do what I told you to do? And you don't worry about him. He was always wanting us to have introspection of ourselves and to examine ourselves and to do what he's told us to do and be mindful of what he has commanded us. And I like the fact that he does tell us to examine ourselves because the truth of them, even when he talks about the beam in one eye mm-hmm. and the mold in another eye, mm-hmm. he's like, you can't, you can't, can't worry. A beam in you you can't remove eye. that mold out of their eye and you got a beam sticking out of your own eye. You got to take introspection of mm-hmm. yourself first mm-hmm. examine yourself. So it was a constant theme that Jesus, taught to the disciples and to the people that he ministered to that you should examine yourself check your own heart search yourself and even David you remember when he was uh, found out he said search me O Lord Mm -hmm. and see if there be any wicked way in me and I you know when I pray that prayer I just flip that all the way around for me because I don't say see if there be I know there's some stuff in me so search me O Lord and take out everything you find I know you're going to find some things in my heart because I'm not perfect and I do have flaws, but, but he does tell us to search ourselves. He, and the thing is, if you're busy searching yourself, then you don't have time to be searching anyone else. You're so worried about your brother and your sister and your neighbor and what they're doing that you're not taking care of what is wrong with you. But with communion, as you said, it is a sacred sacrament that God has given and left for the body of Christ to do in celebration and in commemoration of the sacrifice that Jesus did at Calvary. And when we do that, we have to do it with a certain reverential fear. And it is true that we gloss over those scriptures at communion and during communion, and we rarely go back and read them. But he says very, very clearly the warning for those who have taken communion and they were not in the right uh, frame of heart. And he says to them that, that because of this, there are some that are sick among us. Have you ever wondered if when someone is sick, now we do often sometimes like the miserable comforters like Job had, we will look at someone's illness and we'll say they probably sinned. Explain you know, it and way, we try yeah. to explain it. We don't know, but there are some who are sick among us and it is not because they are being tested. It is because they have partook of the Lord's supper irreverently. And I know that it is true because it's in the word of God. Mm-hmm. He said, there are some who are sick among you and some who have actually died. 
when you hear that to me, I mean, it really draws your attention to, to begin to really examine yourself, especially if you're suffering through an ailment or a situation and you begin to examine, examine yourself, you go back to the point, well, did I reverence God in, in taking communion or did I do something wrong? That is why you have relationship with God Absolutely. and you daily confess your sins and you daily ask God to cleanse you and wash you and clean your heart up. And that's why, that's why like David, you know, he's like, look, Nathan has pointed out the faults that are, that are very obvious, mm-hmm. you know, that I have laid with another man's wife and sent uh, a soldier to have that, to set up that man, to have him killed. And I have taken that man's wife from my own. He, he clearly knew those sins, but what he was saying to God is search my heart, right. because if all this stuff is in me, there's probably some other stuff that I don't even know about this lurking in the inner recesses of my heart. And I want to get it all out. I want anything that's keeping me from drawing nigh to God to get out of my heart. I don't want another prophet having to come to me and say, thou art the man. And think about it. All that David did and the Bible still declares by the testimony of God that he was a man after God's own heart. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer, but he was a man after God's own heart. So it tells me it's about the condition of your heart. If your heart is pure and upright with God, If he is your one desire, your thirst and your hunger, then you too can be a person after God's own heart. And the reason why God really honored David, and and as you said, is because he said that he's a man after his own heart. But David had a relationship with the Lord that when he turned around, he went back to the Lord and began to start confessing some things in his life. And then there are times when we don't... And he was a worshiper. And he was a worshiper. That there are times in our lives that we may not really even even know what's in our hearts. We just know, we see the manifestations of it, but we don't know the root of that thing. And God, with his mercifulness, he'll begin to start pinpointing some things. And, you know, and if you find yourself doing some things over and over again, then there's an issue there. Like right now, I even coming uh, to Columbus, I, I got impatient and I began to start yes, saying, you, did. you weren't even in the car. <laughs> What really actually happened is that I recognized that there was impatience there within me. And I rendered that up before the Lord. Help me, oh God. And, and you know, those are the, the things that God begins to start to show you in your own, what's in your own heart. Because the Bible says that he knows the thoughts and intents. He knows the, he knows the motives behind the, 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 the reason why you do the things that you do. You know, because the Lord is the word and the word is the Lord, right? Absolutely. And the Bible says of the word of God that it it is it has the power to even go in and get between the bone and the marrow and it knows and it searches the the heart of man. Mm-hmm. I mean the word of God, he does know what's in our heart and he does discern the the intent of our heart and he does know what you know what our motives are and what our intentions are and we do have to be careful. You know, we use that flippantly and we say the Lord knows my heart. Well, yeah, guess what? The Lord does know your heart and he knows when you are, when you shucking and jiving and when you halfway in and halfway out. And we really need to have a reverential fear about the things of God and honor him with our whole, with our whole heart. I mean, we need to come to God with our whole heart. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid?
My God, it's just when we think about communion, that means to fellowship with him. There is no schism in the body of of Jesus Christ. I mean, he brings unity and whatever there is that's in our heart that prevents us from really fellowshipping or holding us back and being in relationship with the Lord. Those are the things that he really wants to get at. And that's to, what he wants to root out and to cleanse. But but you know what? It comes with our confession. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed that and. I'm sure most of you've heard it is when we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And that I think that is such a, mm. a stronghold that people will not take communion or they'll stay away on the day of communion or the time you have it at your church, or they'll come later when you, uh, when they feel that communion, communion is, over. is over. And so, I mean, people do do those type but of things, but it's, but here's what I want to say. If you are doing that, first of all, you're right not to take communion yes. if your heart's not right, but I want to tell you how to take communion and have the heart right before God. Just repent. Just come to him. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. So what does repent? See, that's what it well, is. Repent. Yes. Repentance not only means that you confess your sins, but that you forsake your sins. You come to God with a contrite heart, one who is sorry for what you have done. Not sorry that you got caught, but sorry for what you have done. Sorry that you have violated the word and the truth and the commandments of God. And you say, Lord, I'm not going, that which I was doing is causing a, a breach between me and you. And I'm not able to get to that place that I want to be in you. So I am sorry. And I'm not going to do that again. After Nathan, the prophet came to David and David repented before the Lord. I do not see David taking another man's wife. I do not see David having another man killed. In other words, whatever he had done before, I'm not saying he didn't do something else, but he didn't do that again and that because is his heart was because sorrowful. his heart was sorrowful and he was a man after God's God. own heart but think about this David was king and really in his kingship he had the right to do whatever he wanted to do and I'm in sure that day yeah, in that day I'm but sure you do that know that you know you do reap what you sow oh, and you know that he did lose a wife but that wife was then given to someone else mm -hmm. except the grace of God covers you uh, the things that you sow you are going to have to come back around and reap what you have sown and he had sown you know to the flesh and he had he had reaped of that destruction that he had sown yeah and, and you're absolutely right sometimes we think we have the right to do certain things we mm. feel that we are justified. That's a strong word. When God said we are justified, don't take that word lightly because justification is what causes an individual to think that they have done the right thing and the punishment will not fall upon them. When you, you know, when you really do think that you're in the rightful position to do what you did, oh, well, he didn't, he was never around when I was a kid and now he wants to come and have a relationship with me. I'm talking about somebody that might be talking about their father or their mother or something like that you feel like you're justified in treating them that way but lo and behold I mean unless you really 
come with that air of forgiveness or wanting to get right with that individual, then, I mean, you know, what, what, what seems to be justified in the natural does not hold that same justification absolutely. before the eyes of God. In other words, men might say you're look, men might say, oh, you're justified to hold bitterness and you're justified to not forgive and you're justified to be angry. But when you, you come oh, yeah, to, when you come before the throne of God, he's like, hey, listen, if you want me to forgive you, you go get it right with them. But, but Lord, I'm justified. You go get it right with them. When you come before my throne, no man shall be justified except he's justified by the righteousness of God. Because the truth is, if we stand in our own works, no man can be justified before God. If God were to mark iniquity, not a one of us could be able to stand. You're only justified by the grace of God. You know, in James 5 and 14, it starts saying, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. He said, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous of a righteous man availeth much. And that's really instructions that God is calling for. Is there any among you sick? And you never know, maybe that person is sick because of, of the offense or because of taking the uh, communion unworthily. But whatever it is, he said, call for the age elders a call for the people of the church in other words get, get it right get with it god right with god in confessing uh in confessing your faults before uh before the lord i mean this is really really important and it's something that you know you meditate upon you find that when he says to examine yourself we all have to do that i don't care what stage of life you're in i don't care if you what position you are in in the church I don't care who you are, that when you acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you said that I'm going to follow you, surely we have our hiccups and we have our times when we fall down. But there is a time when we come together and fellowship with the Lord, with the bread representing his body and, and, the, and the wine representing his blood. There is a reverence there. And that is the time when we can take and examine ourselves. It would be good if we do it before we come, but it might not be until we get in the service that something is revealed that we need to get right and like you said before if you choose not to take communion that's okay get it right and then come back and take partake of communion and I pray this for every one of us and especially for myself I have to eat of this this role myself is that you know being more conscious of what we do and what we say that's and, all and the you, process of being holy before and, the and Lord. And you know what when you are conscious of it when you truly are examining yourself and doing this with reverential fear of God commemorating the sacrifice that he did at Calvary it will bring a spirit of worship upon you. Yeah. You cannot commemorate and remember the things of God, the sacrifice of Jesus, the blood that he shed, how that blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness, reconciles you back to God, cleanses your consciousness. I mean, everything he did for you, when you start thinking upon it, it will humble you. It will humble you to the point where you will fall down in gratitude before God and you will worship him. You will bow 
bow at his throne and you will worship him. And you will say, Lord, give me a clean heart that I might serve you. I just want my heart to be right. I just want my life to be clean. I just want to be able to serve you and be pleasing in your sight. Lord, give me a clean heart. that you would ease my troubled mind. I mean, the words of that song is so pertinent for this particular scripture is because he's crying out to the Lord to clean his heart. And that's the thing that we should do as well is that we cry out to, to the Lord and ask him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, God knows who we are. He knows the trouble that we see. He knows the, the fight that we're in. But thanks be to God that you can begin to repeat that word back to the Lord until that thing is broken off your life because God wants you to be in direct relationship with him unhindered by things that that keeps you bound and God wants to have fellowship with us. He says, come to the table as he told the disciples when he's laid it out, he prepared the table before them and he laid it out. And at that point in time, they had communion. And, you know, I think this is a perfect chance for each of us to just offer a prayer to God and ask God to give us a clean heart. So as we begin to pray, would you even begin to pray and ask God to clean your heart? There is nothing that you have done that is too big for God to forgive. Nothing that you have done that God's grace will not cover. He said, my grace is sufficient. So we pray even now, dear God, would you search our hearts and whatever you find in our hearts, God, that should not be there, whatever you find that keeps us from a good fellowship with you, whatever you find that keeps us from partaking of the sacraments of your supper, Father, with a clean, pure heart, 
Would you remove it from us, dear God? Let there be nothing in us that is displeasing to you, God. Let there be nothing in us that keeps us, Father, from being the servant that you have called us to be. We repent of our sins. We acknowledge our failure. And we ask you, God, to clean us up that we might, Father, be on the right road with you. That the next time we are in the place, dear God, where you need a vessel to use, we can say, here am I, Lord, send me. Let the live coal be touched upon our lips that you might cleanse us, that you might set our souls on fire for you, that you would give us a clean heart, that we would serve nobody but you. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for cleansing us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for making us whole. And we bless that wonderful name of Jesus. You are Lord and you are God and you are great and you are worthy. We reverence your name. We acknowledge you, dear God, and we expect the intervention of God in our lives. Amen. Oh, Lord, we thank you, oh God. We honor you today, dear Father God. We lift up your name today, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray and ask of you, Father, to cleanse us, dear Father. In the precious name of Jesus, make us brand new, Father. Oh, God, that, Lord, that we can have that uninterrupted fellowship with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Forgive us of our sins, oh, Father God. Lord, we recognize that it's us that have sinned. It's not my mother, nor my father, nor my sister, or my brother, but it's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. Oh, Father God, you know every thought and intent of our hearts, Father, and you're the only one, dear Father, that can touch it, dear Father, and can cleanse, Father, by your word. Your word is truth, oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we must worship you in spirit and in truth, the truth of the Lord that endures forever. When you press upon us, dear Father, something we have done, some things that you would like, dear Father, to to discuss with us, the things that you pinpointed in our lives, Father, help us to come with a willing, a willing heart, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and allow you to search and to cleanse us, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, that we will take your instructions, dear Father God, and hold it dear in our heart, Father God, for it's the word that transforms us, Father God, it's the spirit that circumcises us, Father, in the name of Jesus, so we thank you, oh God, we thank you that you're calling unto us us, Father, to commune with you, to come to the table and sup with you. It is you that have prepared the table, oh God, for us in the presence of our enemies, oh Father. Everything that we need, you have there, dear Father, upon that table that we can come and sup with you, Father, and find deliverance. Father, we thank you and we praise you, oh God. You are great and you are greatly to be praised, oh God. We thank you. Father, if any is sick among us, dear Father, we pray and dear God to stand upon on your word and say that God the chastisement of my pieces upon you and with your stripes I am healed father any among us that are sick father to call for the elders of the church father father we confess our faults and you said that God that we would be healed father I pray in the name of Jesus Christ oh God that cancer will bow dear father to to the to the name of Jesus Christ that because we have honored you we thank you and we praise you in Jesus to see you like I should To walk the path that's right To do the things you would Give me a clean heart And I will say 
your calendars Friday, May 12th and Saturday, May 13th. Christ Kingdom Church, located at 5210 North Main Street in Dayton, Ohio. Presents Arise and Go Forth, the Women's Conference with Prophetess Michelle McLean Walters from John Eckhart's Ministries. Expect to be inspired, enlightened, and motivated in the gifts and calling that God has on your life. Registration is $30. For more information, go to www.ChristKingdomDayton.com. Again, Friday, May 12th, and Saturday, May 13th. You don't want to miss it. We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.